everyone, and welcome to SACS's Essay Today podcast. My name is Michelle Botcher. I'm an assistant professor and the Student Affairs Program Coordinator in the College of Education at Clemson University. I'm also your host for this program. While this podcast is focused on current issues, events, and trends, it's also important that we get to know a little bit about our guests as we engage in our work and learning together, because we're all more than just our jobs. My guest today is Dr. Kimberly Thornton at Texas Tech University. Welcome, Kimberly. I'm really happy to get stuck to you today. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. All right. Could you start by telling us just a little bit about yourself and how you came to work in your current role? Absolutely. I am originally from Louisiana. I am a diehard LSU Tiger fan, went to, to LSU. Um, got my master's in Northwestern in Chicago and thought I was going to take the corporate public relations world by storm. And then decided I liked higher ed better <laughs> and working with students. And ended up um, working and have worked in higher ed for over 15 years in a variety of different jobs within student affairs. Started off in, in Center for Campus Life or in Student Life, then went over to admissions as the director of admissions at a small university in Louisiana, LSU Shreveport, and then ended up in career services for a year, and then ended up at Texas Tech University doing a variety of activities and overseeing a variety of departments within the Center for Campus Life here at Texas Tech. And I've been in this role for about four years. And I really love it because I get to really work with our students daily, work with my staff, work with other members of, of the campus community in a variety of roles. I oversee fraternity and story life, student organizations, student involvement, spirit, our Red to Black Peer Financial Coaching Program. Um, and I'm sure others, <laughs> quite a few things as I call the, um, the fun stuff on campus. So it's, it's a great opportunity. I just really enjoy it. The food pantry is the other thing I oversee. That's what it is that we're here to talk about. <laughs> Perfect. So you, you're the coordinator of campus fun, right? Yes, pretty much. That's a good way to say it. I might steal that. <laughs> All right. Um, so when it comes to fun, what are some of your hobbies outside of work? Um, knowing that given the current pandemic situation, some of those hobbies you might be able to engage in, or maybe you have new hobbies um, since we've had uh, the work from home shift. So what do you like to do for fun? Well, the spending time with family and friends, I've had to really focus in on Zoom on that one. So that's been challenging, but also good because it's more, you know, scheduled. I know I'm going to see family and friends certain times, certain days. So spending time with family and friends, I like to do a lot of reading. I love to work out, go walking. I also do a lot of baking. I love to bake cookies, bake treats, bake desserts, just anything. And so in this pandemic, I've actually gotten really good at baking and then delivering to people and surprising people with desserts on their doorstep. Social distancing, of course, but you know, something fun to make everyone smile in a world right now that we need a lot of some fun. Absolutely, that's great. I'll give you my address when we're done so you can drop something off. <laughs> Absolutely. Only slightly out of your way, I'm sure. Just the next time I'm, I'm up that way. You never All know. All right. Um, how about what are some things you're currently reading, watching, or listening to? Well, right now I'm reading The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. Mm. About saying yes and, and not turning down opportunities and taking a little bit of risk outside of your comfort zone. I'm also reading The Way of the Shepherds 
which is Seven Secrets of Managing Productive People by Dr. Kevin Linden. And then I'm watching, I'm a Netflix girl, so I do a lot of um, binge watching. So I'm watching Madam Secretary right now. Excellent. Do you have a favorite quote that you'd like to share? I do. Um, my favorite quote, or one of them, is, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people for, will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. I'm Maya Angelou. Excellent. And that fits with the work that you do, too, it sounds like, really well. I'd like to think so. We will see. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here is your would you rather question. All right? So, All right, I'm a little nervous, but I'm ready. Oh, it's, it's low stakes. You're okay. Um, and it's your opinion, so you're not going to be wrong. But given that you're in Texas, I wanted to ask, if you had to choose, would you rather have a cool summer and a mild winter or a very hot summer and a cold winter? Cool summer, mild winter, because I lived in Chicago for a while and I would never go back to that winter weather. Okay. <laughs> it's cold up there. All right. Well, I was interested if you were more, let's just kind of keep it in the middle or if you were, uh, let's go to the extremes kind of person. So that's great. Well, thank you so much for letting us learn a little bit more about you. Um, we'll move into the conversation today about um, your work with the food pantry on campus and especially some of the transitions you've gone through during the pandemic. So can you just kind of tell us, give us an overview of what the food pantry is like on your campus? Absolutely. We started our, what we call the Raider Red Food Pantry. That's our mascot. The Raider Red Food Pantry opened up almost three years ago in August and it was a very soft opening. It was actually a student-led initiative that happened before I came to Texas Tech, which was four years actually today, I think. So at my first meeting, one of my first meetings on campus, I went to this meeting, it was put on my calendar and it said food pantry. But I didn't know if we had one, if we were interested in one. And when I got to the meeting, our students, especially our SGA and our graduate students said, we need this. We have food insecurity here on campus and we need to create a food pantry. And so over the next year, we worked really hard to create a unique food pantry. The graduate students already had a food pantry for our graduate students and international students. So we were able to take ideas from them, get ideas from across the country on ways to get food pantries, how to start them, what are the best practices. And then three years ago in August, we had a soft opening of our food pantry, which is in a building called Go Call. And it's right now staffed about, when it is open, it's staffed about 20 to 30 hours a week, depending on our student assistants and graduate assistants. Great. And happy anniversary. Thank you. <laughs> um, can you talk about how is your food pantry supplied? Is that donations, like from students in the community? What, what does that part of your process look like? Well, we are very blessed to have a very giving community, both within Texas Tech and in the Lubbock community, and within our Texas Tech family. We are run primarily, if not purely, on donations. We um, take monetary donations. We um, take non-perishable food items. We've also been very lucky, and we've had a great support from our, an out, outpouring of support from our community. 
from student groups, from our faculty, staff, surrounding areas, all of our Texas Tech families. We've worked with our institutional advancement to raise funds on days of giving. They can um, they raise money for our food pantry since food insecurity is such a, a topic that you know touches all students. It doesn't matter who you are. We, I don't think we realize how deep food insecurity goes, especially on college campuses. And then we've also was very lucky to have been given a gift really truly out of the blue by HEB, the supermarket company, $25,000 this past year. And we were able to do a lot of improvements and buy a lot of food with that money for, to recognize us for doing good in the community when they came to Lubbock. And so that was really a neat, unique opportunity for us. So that's been very helpful, you know, as we started to get the food pantry off the ground these last couple of years. Wow, that is, that's huge. It, it really was, and they've been a wonderful partner. That's great. How do your students learn about the pantry? So if I'm a new student on campus, how would I find out about it? You, well, in a variety of ways. We do the resource fairs. So we have student resources fairs during the summer and also during the year. And our Red Raiders Food Pantry has a table to learn about options. Mm -hmm. We have made a concerted effort to let our faculty and staff across campus know. We talk about it at staff senate, a faculty senate. We have, we have professors, we're really lucky to have professors have put it in their syllabuses, in their course syllabuses, just a blurb about the food pantry. So let students know if they need help, they have it. And so we have, we also worked with a lot of faculty and staff who have called us and said, hey, we think some, some of our students are, you know, they're not eating. Is it okay if they come to the food pantry? We're like, absolutely, we'll meet them there. All they need is, you know, student ID for tracking purposes, tell them to come on. And so we're constantly doing mostly by word of mouth. We have a website, we have social media accounts. We do touch, we do, you know, publicize things and try to get the word out that way. We've also had a really wonderful support within our fraternity, fraternity sorority community. Our, all four of our councils have been huge supporters of our food pantry and do a lot of um, publicity and donate food to it. Also as a way in case any of their, their members without anyone ever knowing in case they needed it, they knew about it. So it's been really a wonderful opportunity. Our community has really taken this food pantry and really spread it around and really worked to, to let students know about it. We went from our first year of probably about maybe 100 a semester, 150. Now we have well over 600 students visiting the food pantry a semester. That's wonderful. I love the idea of including it in a course syllabus. Um, it it works really well. Yeah, such an easy way to reach potentially so many students. That's great. Um, so you mentioned um, uh, some stigma that can be related to using the food pantry. How do your students use it? Like how you mentioned the building that it's in, but what does that look like if I'm going and I don't necessarily want everyone to know that I need to use this resource. What does that look like for students? Absolutely, and, and we were very cognizant of that. Why, you and I know there's absolutely nothing wrong with being food insecure to an 18, 19-year-old, 20-year-old college student whose friends may, you know, not be that and are not worried about where their next meal is going to come from. That is awful, awfully stigmatizing in some cases. So for us, it's really important that we, we went the extra mile to, if you wanted to stay anonymous, we did it. We are in a building called Doe Call, which is across the street from the Student Union Building, which is where my office and most of the student affairs offices are. So it's across the street, and it's, we post our hours online. And so they just come in, 
they hand us do not eat, they swipe it. So we have tracking information. We hand them a bag. It's a Center for Campus Life. It's a bag that we hand out every day, all day long over in our offices in the Student Union building. I think probably everyone on campus has this Center for Campus Life bag. So that way, it's no different than anybody else. It's just, you have a bag from Center for Campus Life. They give them out all the time at every event. And then they fill, it, they fill their food, whatever it is they want out of the food pantry, and then they leave. No questions asked. We have resources available for them. If they need more help than just, just food, we're happy to help, we're happy to assist. We do follow up with them to make sure they're getting the resources they need, whether that's you know, food vouchers from the community, whether it's you know, rate of relief funds, you know, and short term, because we want the food pantry to be an avenue to help them get the help they need if it's not just a one-time one -time need. And it sounds like not just a one-time need, but also if they have additional needs, you're, you're providing them resources for those sorts of things. Absolutely. We, we want to be, you know, we, we work very closely with all members within our different departments. If we identify a student who's come to the food pantry and they've been a couple of times and it's not a one-time need, we're going to get them the help we need. They're part of the Red Raider family and it's really important to us that we take care of them in every way we can. That's great. So how has um, the Red Raider food pantry transitioned during the COVID-19 pandemic and sort of you know, when you had indications that things were going to look different, like how did that all unfold? Well, it, as with, I imagine, every student affairs professional experience, it was a unique and new experience, none that we ever fathomed would happen. But for us, we were really very lucky. We have, as I mentioned before, a very giving community. And so when, it first, when we first started to see things where we, would, we were afraid we'd go into a quarantine or or different things like that. And the students were, we started to cancel class and they weren't coming back after spring break. We started getting a lot of phone calls from different distributors that we work with, hospitality, and they were saying, hey, we have all this food. We're not gonna be able to use it. Does the food pantry want it? And we were very lucky to have all this food. And, as, and we were really promoting to our students, we're still open, we're still open, please come get it. And we really worked hard to get the word out to faculty and staff to let them know that to our students who were still on campus. And then we started to close down and we, we, you know, we closed the university except for essential personnel. So for us, what we did, we got in a way really lucky. I've been working very closely with our international studies department and they, a lot of our students that were international obviously couldn't leave. So they were staying on campus and our international studies department was very concerned about those students getting food. And I happened to know her and she, she said, hey, is the food pantry going to be open? I said, oh, for a couple more days. And then one of my food distributors called and said, hey, we have all this food. We want to give it to the food pantry. And I went, well, we're about to close it for the time being, but I have someone you can send it to. So since then, we've been very, working very closely with International Studies to give any food, any kind of need, anything that we get from our, from our distributors, from hospitality, to our international students. And this works really well. We've been able to really help them. And we're also letting students who happen to be on campus now, also if they need food, we're sending them that way. Mm. We're also working very closely with any of them that call our website, who call the number on our website, and say, hey, is the food pantry open? We'll say, no, it's not, but let us help you. What is it that you need? And then we give them all the resources within Lubbock. We did our homework to find out who was giving out free meals, what the food bank was doing, all the different things. So that even though we're not officially open, 
we're still helping our students in every way that we can. I love that. And it's, it's amazing to me that you have this partnership with an academic program. Um, and then again, your reference to the um, having it in the syllabus at a time we're, we're always talking about how do we do more to connect student affairs and academic affairs. And this is a, a space where you're doing that. Um, and it's just to tremendous benefit to students. So I think that's really phenomenal. We're very lucky to have wonderful faculty that want to help our students. I've continued to see that. So it, it's been really nice. That's great. So my next question, I know I'm going to ask you to speculate a little bit here, um, but how do you see um, Raider Red's food pantry transitioning in the future when students begin to return to campus and I know every institution is trying to figure out fall semester and what that looks like. What are your thoughts about how you prepare for that and um, go from what was to what is to what will be? I think we're all facing that question. I think we're all looking at lots of contingency plans and it's going to look different. You know, we have a very small space within our food pantry. It's not a huge space. You know, we are having to look on how we're going to maintain, you know, maintain an even higher level of cleanliness and sanitation. We have to keep social distancing. And, and what does that look like? Is that, is that, you know, drop by the curb, do your, you know, pick out what you want online and we'll bring it out to the curb in front of the building so that we, you know, that we keep socially distanced away from you. Is it we only allow one person in with our gratis student or a student assistant, whoever's working in the food pantry that day? Is that what it looks like one at a time? And I really don't know that we have the answers yet. You know, we're, as with every other university, working very closely with our administrators, with medical staff, trying to figure out what, what is the best method to go back. I think one of the key things that we all need to remember and something that we've been very cognizant of since, we've, since this all happened is we're going to see an incredible, in my opinion, I think we're gonna see an increase in need of students needing the food pantry. I think we're going to see a lot of our students coming back, not being in the same financial situation they were before. And they may, you know, so I think we're going to see that need. So we're going to have to figure out a way that keeps our students and staff and faculty safe and healthy, but also addresses their needs, which is going to be food insecurity. And how do we address that effectively, efficiently? And we've been incredibly lucky. We, we've been raising money to, you know, throughout this time for the food pantry. We've had some wonderful donors. Several of our student groups, student organizations, faculty and staff go on our Amazon and have gone on our Amazon since this and ordered non-perishable food so that when the food pantry opens, we'll be fully stocked so that we can meet the needs of our students when they come back. And that's been, we're very blessed in that, in that sense. That's wonderful. Do you have any, as, as you think about, you know, transitioning into students being away or most students being away, are there some things you've learned over the course of the spring and now into the summer that you think might help you improve service or make you give you some tools to do the work in a little bit different way once we get back to the traditional students being on campus setting? I think so. We laugh all the time within within my my areas and within when I talk to different people. I think for me and for a lot of our staff, we've gone so online, Zoom meetings and 
virtual and everything is from a distance. And we've gotten really good at online and social media. And while none of us probably are, you know, it was never what we signed up for. We didn't know we'd be doing student affairs from a distance. And while we're all looking forward to going back on campus in the fall and hopefully finding some happy medium where we can stay safe and protect our students, but being back on campus and seeing that. But as we talk about, we really believe that we're going to see a lot of things for me and for my area, especially the food pantry, ways that we can incorporate virtual tools into how we run the food pantry. Incorporate maybe curbside delivery or making sure we have, we, we are heightened awareness of making sure sanitation and, and cleanliness is number one priority. I, you're going to, I think we'll see a heightened sense of that. We'll see more virtual tools. I think we'll take some of the good things from this that we've learned, you know, technology, things like that. And how do we apply that within the food pantry? How do we make it better? And I think you're going to see that across student affairs and across campus as everyone kind of goes back and figures out what is, you know, being on a university look like again now that we're back on, back in person. That's great. So you got into your position and almost on day one, we're sort of given this charge of we need this, make it happen. When you think about the experience you've had building um, the program, what recommendations would you make to other professionals on other campuses who either have something and they're looking to maybe revamp it or make it more um, uh, more accessible or more realizing there may be more students in need of those services in the future? Um, or what advice would you have to somebody who's brand new to this and building from the ground up based on your own experience? I think do your homework, do your research, talk to as many people as you can about their food pantries and, and what they've done and what works for them. Um, I think reaching out and getting help from other people you know, within the community, talk to your local food bank, how you can partner, talk to corporations, sponsorships, talk to institutional advancement on how you can raise money for it and, and talk to faculty and staff because one of the things that I learned was we were building this food pantry and we talked to, we went on several trips and to different universities and colleges to learn about their food pantries and what works for them and what didn't and, and best practices. And we did a lot of that and then we figured out what would work and we tried. We tried a variety of different things and some things worked and some didn't. And we customized it to Greater Red Food Pantry. And then we started promoting it and we truly expected it to be kind of slow going and how would we, you know, donate, you know, we were ready to, you know, buy the food and we weren't ready for donations. And we mentioned it to a few people here and there, hey, we're opening a food pantry and the donations came pouring in and our community really responded so well. And I think we were really blessed in that way and really lucky that the Red Raider family wanted to contribute from all over the country. Institutional advancement said this is a great opportunity to help our students. We want to help. So it's been really wonderful in the sense that tap into your, into your potential people, to so the people on campus that can help. And I think for each university that looks different. And I think doing your homework, doing your research, trying new things, figuring out what works for your campus may be different than what works for Texas Tech, figuring that out. And then, you know, talking to colleagues, promoting the food pantry. And I think you'd be really surprised how wonderful people really are and how they're wanting, how they really want to help other people. And I think the food pantry gives people that opportunity to help students who are experiencing food insecurity. 
And are you open, um, if people have questions, are you open to them reaching out to you? Absolutely, anytime. I, I guess I figured you would say that because it would be awkward if I said, hey, can they reach out to you? And you said, no, uh, no, thank you. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, I really, we talked to a lot. We talked to a lot of different universities. We'll call and say, hey, how'd y'all start your food pantry? And so we're happy to help in any way because so many people helped us open ours. Great. Well, I, I really appreciate you taking time to talk with me today and and to share your story is there anything else that you want to share or other questions that i should be asking that you just want a chance to do i think also one of the things for us that i want to you know that i think can really help other universities is you know like i said it was a student-run initiative our student government played a huge part in getting the food pantry up and running and our students and student organizations including sga including you know several other groups have done a really good job of helping us get food donated. They've donated themselves. They've run food drives for us. Different departments have run food drives for us. So we have a lot of annual ones. We've partnered with housing. We've part we have, my favorite is we, par we partner with parking and transportation at the end of the year, each semester, and they can give so many cans and get out of the parking ticket. So we're really wow. interested to parking and transportation. That is awesome. So that's a really unique opportunity. We also, so we're, we, we try to look for unique ways to get people to donate and have fun with it. Another way that we do is what we call construction. So in February, we invite faculty, staff, and student organizations to come together and create um, structures out of cans and compete in a competition called construction. We usually give a theme and then they can win prizes and all the cans that they bring and build with are given are donated to the food pantry at the end of the the event so it's a lot of fun we've, we've really tried ways to engage our, our community and and helping the food pantry for a good cause but having fun as well i'm taking notes as you're talking i i love that that those are great so well thank you so much i mean there there's a lot going on in the world right now and um things are very heavy and for people who are looking for a way to show care and support to others, I just think um, the work you're doing is a great example of that. So thank you for taking some time to have the conversation today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for inviting me. It was a lot of fun. So before we go, um, and this was a pretty positive and uplifting um, conversation so we're not having to bounce back from a whole lot but in an effort to kind of leave the episode with a note of hope and um, you know some positive energy what are some things that you um, have in your own life that are bringing you joy uh, and lifting you up and it can be work it can be personal it can be random what are some things that bring you joy and hope well, my nieces. I have mm. I have three nieces and then several other nieces and nephews that are my cousin's children. My brother says they're not really my nieces and nephews. I disagree, but <laughs> if he listens to this podcast. But I have wonderful nieces and nephews that I talk to all the time that I love. And they they show the innocence and the, the happiness of the world. I have a niece who is six and I ask her every day, how is your day going? And she said, hey, Kim, it's wonderful. It's the best day ever. Oh, and wow. she means that. 
and 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 she hasn't done anything special or anything extraordinary she's just lived her life and so i think that brings me joy and positivity i think also looking forward knowing that we're going to there's a light at the end of the tunnel as far as coming back on campus seeing our students in the fall planning for that yes it may look different yes it may be cha challenging because we're having to come up with different plans and, and different ideas but i think it'll make us better and i think we'll be so excited when we can finally see our students and and watch them make the change we know they can when we're back on campus in the fall so that's something to keep me going that's great thank you again kimberly i i really appreciate your enthusiasm and your positivity and again sharing ideas and resources um, that have been successful in supporting your community with um, practitioners across the the country who are looking for creative ways to provide different kinds of support so thank you again very much absolutely thank you so much it was a lot of fun great so today's Essay Today podcast is brought to you by SAXA, and we thank them for their support. Additionally, this show would not be possible without producer Erica Lee. So much gratitude to you, Erica. My name is Michelle Botcher, and it has been a pleasure to host this episode. Have a beautiful day.